we all recognize that to consider someone superficial is not a good thing. It has an inherently negative connotation to refer to something or someone in that way because we all have this natural desire and admiration for depth and when someone displays that. And this is why the church has always said since the beginning that the greatest way of proclaiming the faith is by personal witness. The word witness comes from the Greek word martyr, to give one's life and to show the goodness of the faith below the surface. And this is far more effective, of course, than anything just purely intellectual or even sentimental. So why does this resonate as a universal human experience that we look down on superficiality? Well, it has to do very much with our anthropology, how we understand the human person, that we are complex and have multiple layers, in a sense, to our being. We, of course, have bodies and souls, both of which contribute to our personal identity and who we are, and we have multiple powers of the soul. We have our intellects, we have our heart to desire and will, and we have our passions and feelings. All these things together contribute to the human person. And when one of those is missing, it seems superficial. Like we're not just an intellect. We, can't, we can only go so far in a conversation just you know, speaking on an academic level. We like to hear from the heart. Or, you know, we, we usually don't appreciate someone who's overly emotional or sentimental that's just all about feelings with no, with no sense of uh, uh, intellect or, or deeper will in their hearts. And so... All of this contributes to the proper holistic view of the human person and sin causes disintegration among all these levels of the human person. Sin is what causes us to break apart those various aspects and separate them in our lived existence, body, soul, intellect, will, and passions. When those become separated and not integrated with the whole, that's how we experience that sort of surface level existence and even view of the world. Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, before, long before he became Pope, wrote this uh, in, in this regards. He said, our world is so full of what immediately impinges on our senses that we are in danger of seeing only the parts and losing sight of the whole. It takes self-control to see beyond what is right in front of us and free ourselves from the tyranny 
of superficiality. So if you still are not convinced that Pope Benedict XVI will soon be regarded as one of the great thinkers of the 20th century, let me read that line for you again. Our world is so full of what immediately impinges on our senses that we are in danger of seeing only the parts and losing sight of the whole. It takes self-control to see beyond what is right in front of us and free ourselves from the tyranny of superficiality. Isn't that such an awesome phrase at the end? The tyranny of superficiality. It's like a zinger phrase, but then you stop and think about it and you realize, whoa, there's this whole depth of philosophy and theology jam-packed into that phrase. And he wrote this in 1970, so long before the internet and even cable TV, let alone smartphones and social media. So it's really a prophetic statement that we live in this tyranny of superficiality. So this all began with the fall, which we heard about in the first reading today. We hear the story of Adam and Eve. You all know how it goes, takes the fruit of the tree, and then they realize they are naked and have to cover up. They now see that they're naked. Now it's easy to misinterpret this phrase because the Bible in its highly uh, poetic language, especially Genesis, says they now saw and realized that they were naked. And it's easy to read that and say, okay, well, that's when sort of human consciousness and humanity began at this moment, when they received this new knowledge of what the world is really all about. They realized their nakedness. But actually, that's wrong. That at that moment, the church teaches that Humanity began before them in the garden. And when they realized they were naked, that was not a new knowledge, but that was actually a loss. This was a loss of the integral vision of the human person. It was a loss of being able to see the whole person in all its depth, body and soul, without shame. So recall right before the fall, chapter two of Genesis ends saying they were naked and unashamed. That is the complete vision, integrated vision of the world where they were able to see each other, body and soul as one complete whole. And so now, thanks to original sin, we become fixated on the superficial. Sin causes this disintegration and we become focused on parts of the person, whether of the body or even we just get focused on intellect or will or passion and they no longer all work together. Lent offers us a special time to refocus our vision. In the gospel today, 
we heard of the three temptations in the desert that Jesus faced directly at, from the devil. And each temptation represents one of the three fundamental temptations that lie at the root of every sin, pleasure, pride, and vainglory. The temptation for Jesus to sacrifice reliance on God by changing stones into bread represents that temptation to inordinate pleasure. The temptation to test God by throwing himself down from the temple is pride. And the temptation on the mountaintop to sacrifice faithfulness to God for worldly power and honor is vainglory. We might call them the three Ps of all temptation, which characterize our disintegrated vision of the world, pleasure, pride, and power. Lent offers us an opportunity to go out into the desert with Jesus and fight back against the devil with the weapons of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer for mitigating our pride. Fasting for disciplining our passions. Almsgiving for training ourselves to serve others instead of exerting power over them. The ultimate goal in this is allowing the Lord to restore our integrity, that is, restoring the integral vision of ourselves, of others, and of the world around us that was lost by Adam and Eve, so that we can see everything and everyone in all its depth and beauty. Now, there is a specific virtue that corresponds to this. Can you think of what virtue it is? It might surprise some of you. What is the virtue that allows us to rectify our whole souls so as to see clearly the world and others? Chastity. And that's straight out of the catechism. It says, chastity means the successful integration of sexuality within the person and thus the inner unity of man in his bodily and spiritual being. Notice it doesn't say anything about repression. And this is what chastity specifically, and really every virtue is all about. So when you integrate prayer, fasting, and almsgiving with the pursuit of virtue and chastity, you will see yourself, others, and the world differently. I guarantee it. With God's grace, you will free yourself from the tyranny of superficiality.